This podcast contains adult language. Starting now. Hello, and welcome to the first episode of All the World's a Cage, the podcast that delves deep into Nicolas Cage's bewildering filmography, one movie at a time. But this isn't just a podcast, folks. It's an invitation. Come along with us on a voyage to America's most advanced magnet prison. Meet exciting new people, like Gina Gershon's weird brother boyfriend, and try new and thrilling experiences like switching identities with the man who murdered your son. Today, we're discussing the 1997 John Woo action thriller, Face Off, starring Nicolas Cage and John Travolta as John Travolta and Nicolas Cage. I'm your co-host, Josh. I'm your co-host, Jeff. And I'm your co-host, Sean. So this movie opens up with like a flashback of John Travolta at, I'm guessing, like a carnival with his son. It's supposed to be portrayed as like a happy family kind of thing. But did you guys also find it kind of unsettling? Oh, yeah, it's extremely creepy. I've never seen a father and son ride the same merry-go-round. Like, together. <laughs> yeah. It's well, not I mean, built for an adult's that, weight. That's quite, That's not what I had a problem with. <laughs> it was... Sean it was, has spent a lot of time on a lot of merry-go-rounds. So. I... But, but yeah, it was weird, though. You would think that John Travolta would just be, like, standing to the side holding his son's hand, you know, keeping him balanced, but... Uh. Nope. <laughs> yeah. But nope. no, he's on there. They're gonna ride. He's on there touching his son's face, like, a lot. And we're gonna get into that. Yeah, this is basically face-touching the movie. It's disgusting. It's... <laughs> the people that made this movie have the most specific and vanilla fetish of all time, which is just touching people's faces a light brush across from the top to the bottom of the face it's everywhere everybody's always touching each other's faces nick cage or not nick cage but well yeah nick cage but john travolta as nick cage sucking tongues yeah well there's that but there's the scene when he's like my face itches and his partner rubs his face really hard and then when his brother dies he comforts himself by rubbing his gun all over his face well it, when your face has been removed some say even off uh, it might get itchy when they reattach it. I mean, this is experimental. This is experimental science. I mean, not that experimental because they're willing to, like, just do it, but they're also keeping it un off the books enough that you're wondering, so this is shady enough that you can do it safely because everything is 100% reversible, which I don't think, I don't think any doctor says about yeah. any surgeries. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the fact that you had to mention it makes me think that it's not. And like the doctor who's like, I don't know if he's supposed to be some pioneer of this or whatever. He dies. So then the people that have to do it at the end are like the B team, I guess. There's some other medical team out of Washington. I really would have loved it if they'd been like, we can fix your face. We've got this other team. They're not great, though. <laughs> yeah. It's, you might just want to be Nick Cage from now on. Like, How married to your first face are you? <laughs> Full disclosure, they've never done this before. Nor will they again afterwards, because it's a weird procedure. Yeah, and impossible. 
And then uh, Nick Cage shoots John Travolta's son. Oh, yes, right. The movie that we're talking <laughs> yes, about. back he, to it. He's also sporting a really choice uh, mustache at the beginning of this film. Love that. Yeah, just only at the very beginning, though. But that's to sim- like the the use of facial hair to symbolize the passage of time. <laughs> Remember Caster Troy in that mustache phase? What a dick. We all try to talk him out of it, but... Yeah. Yeah, Caster Troy's gonna Caster Troy. I love Caster Troy as a character, by the way. His little box of goodies that his goons are always ferrying about for him. It's really interesting that, like, chiclets, the, like, weird fasc- yeah. fascination with chiclets is a very bizarre choice. Have to wonder if that's, like, a John Woo thing. When you're when you're constantly licking ladies uh, or sucking tongues, you want to have some fresh breath. Ugh. Oh, that is a good and mortifying point. This movie and a bunch of other movies from the 90s had this weird relationship with, like, sex stuff. It, it was it was like they just realized they could talk about it in movies casually, but they still didn't really know, like, how sex worked. <laughs> so you have scenes where people say stuff like sex sandwich or <laughs> suck each other's tongues. The sex sandwich thing had me rolling. And yet the way the way that he tells the flight attendant, you know, will will she be thankful for the opportunity to suck his tongue? It's yeah. just it just reeks of like seventh grade boys talking about like, you know, yeah. sexual experiences that haven't made actually out. happened. I've made out. I, I've totally I've made down. out with like totally like I I mean I had a handful of boob. Oh man, it was amazing. Oh, she put her tongue in my mouth. It was crazy. <laughs> yeah. It tasted like Skittles. Yeah, you don't know her. She's my cousin's sister. Wait. <laughs> shit man and there's another scene where john travolta i'm just okay we're just gonna use character names where troy is talking to archer's wife and she's like sorry that's gonna get that's gonna get a little confusing i'm sorry it's because caster troy is john travolta half of the movie well that's what i'm saying though i to make it more clear i think we should just call them Troy and Archer. Sure. Oh, okay. Yeah. But though, yeah, there's a scene when he's trying to kiss her and she's pulling away and he's like, give me that tongue. Ugh, I, and that's the sound I made. I must have blanked that out of my memory. <laughs> and I mean, imagine the last kiss you have is Caster Troy's before you're thrown under a plane. Jesus Christ. Did you see? Ugh, that's I mean, that, did you see the face he made after he did that? Yeah. He's like shrugs like, oops. Like, did I do that? I rewound it like five times, at least. He looks like he's the comic relief from like a bad 70s sitcom that got canceled in the first season. This movie has a lot of good face work in it. This movie has a lot of strong face work. And And I'm not talking about the surgery. I'm just talking about Nick pulling shapes in a way that, you know, Mick Jagger couldn't dream of. Like when he is first like being... Un, you know, his bandages are being unfurled to show that the handiwork of the surgery, the like mm-hmm. creepy smile that he gives is just so mm-hmm. frustrating and upsetting. It's 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 a face that makes you feel only bad feelings when you see it. Yeah, it's unpleasant. I didn't enjoy it. Um, I did like the movie, though. I thought it was pretty good. Yeah, I love this movie. It's like uh, the Matrix's redheaded stepson or something. I just think that the 
way that the characters, especially Caster Troy, is so like larger than life. It's it it has that sort of like ultra stylized. I know that's like a go to way of describing Wu's work, but I mean, I really you know it's yeah. it's the larger than life characters and like the really excellent set pieces. Like when we get to Troy's hideout, like oh my gosh, it's just yeah. It doesn't have quite the unique like stylistic palette that the Matrix does, but I it it was reminding me of that movie in more ways than, than one. I, I agree with what you said about the uh, sort of hyper stylized like John Woo of it, because it is very much a John Woo movie. We're going to get to meet uh, him again at some point, by the way, when their paths cross again for Wind Talkers. John Woo made Wind Talkers? Yes, sir. Oh, that's fun. Hmm. Uh-huh. Well, yeah, so then after the kid dies, I and I can't believe we haven't talked about that. It is so bold to open a movie with a kid getting killed on screen. Yeah, nothing to me says summer blockbuster quite like some child death. <laughs> yeah. They just constantly are just bringing it back like they there's constant like a uh, uh, looks at these photos throughout the movie of just like he's got the picture in his pocket or he has you know the just like flashbacks of just like something reminds him of his son and then it drives him kind of into these like kind of fits i'm just gonna throw this out there sean archer is like a very bad husband yeah he's a he's a terrible husband and father and boss but yeah also true that's more he's not he's not a great guy um it's the grief I, yeah, and I agree, Sean. I think I, it was crazy that this movie focused so heavily on that because I thought it would be something that was mentioned a few times, but it's, like, very central to the plot. And, of course, uh, needless to say, spoiler alerts, um, but at the end, you get that whole full circle where he gets Caster Troy's son. Yeah. What the fuck? We're going to talk about that, <laughs> too. In due time, I guess. It's just... Uh, it just like that kind of full circle as if like, here's that guy. Like, here's a here's a replacement child to fill that empty void in your Dude. soul. Oh, I'm sorry. And his wife is just but, like, yeah, OK. Yeah, yeah, she's she's fine with it. Uh, after, if... after years of neglect and then being manipulated by a narcissistic, sociopathic terrorist, you know, living in their marital bed with her. Boy, man, so many of the characters in this movie need some real counseling sessions after the conclusion, for sure. Every single main character in this movie should be irreparably traumatized. What is real? What is... I mean, at a certain point, you're just like, am I Caster Troy? The Matrix. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, no, I get it now. I get it now. That, yep, it tracks. (laughs) So, yeah, it leads to that the introductory scene ends with that huge gunfight, which is classic John Woo. Uh, I thought it was really good. I thought it was really cool. Mm -hmm. And I really liked the fight scene between Cage and Travolta at the end of it, too. Yeah, the action in this movie is off the charts cool. I mean, the boat chase is really sick and really long. Like, yeah, they they don't skimp. They don't skimp. Uh, the production budget, you know, was was well spent. Yeah, I wonder how much that was. I am going to look that up. Uh, one part that I did love was when after Nick Cage gets blasted by a jet engine, which 
he should not have survived that. But anyway, it's an action movie, and I understand that, you know, you get it. At least his face shouldn't have survived it and been salvageable for an espionage operation. But (laughs) yeah. Yeah. How do you stop bruising through surgery? I don't I don't get it. I thought bruising came from surgery, but I'm not a doctor. Well, according to this movie, (laughs) surgery can do basically anything. But there's a moment after that when uh, John Travolta runs up to Nick Cage and his partner, I think, or somebody else in his department comes up next to him and they're standing over his unconscious body and his partner is like looks like elvis has left the building and i really wanted john travolta to turn to him and be like that's very funny this man did kill my son (laughs) that's a hilarious jab uh that doesn't really track or make that much sense if you think about it but (laughs) in this moment i am reminded of my dead son so please read the room (laughs) And then, then also, oh, um, yeah, we need uh, someone to put on his face to trick his brother into, I guess, divulging where this bomb is. Wow, that seems convoluted. Yeah, well, yeah, it's, okay, it's so they pretty catch- convoluted. That's the that's the main hurdle that this movie asks you to jump is like if you can make it through the first twenty minutes without, mm-hmm. you know. Abandoning ship. I mean, it is worth it, but it's there are some mental gymnastics you've got to exercise to make it to the the fun parts. Yeah, but if you if you hang on for the ride, it's fun. If you just accept that there's going to be some total nonsense, then it's it's you know it's a fun movie. I liked it. Yeah, it is fun. It's a summer blockbuster. You know, if every big dumb action movie was this great, like the world would be a better place. Why we have Fast and the Furious. <laughs> I mean, yeah, this <laughs> Fast and the Furious is sort of like this kind of movie, like like the big, dumb, weird 90s action thrillers when they were kind of starting to run out of ideas. So they started doing weird stuff like this. That genre has now morphed into your sort of almost like fantastical Fast and the Furious movies. But the fantasticalness of this I guess uh, it's it's the is this based on a book? Is this based on some what? sort of other identity or like I, I, I like I, um, intellectual property? What like is the, this is just face off? Yeah. I wrote a screenplay called Face Off. Yeah, yeah it's, a, it's an adaptation of Taming of the Shrew. Oh, that makes sense. All right. I see it. All right. All right. Uh, yeah. No, this actually is Lines just well. I wrote face off. This was actually a spec script. Uh, you know, it went through a bunch of revisions during the actual production process, but the original script was just a spec script that uh, they wrote and shopped around and eventually got the movie made. So good on you. You know, I mean, that's the dream right there. You just come up with this baloney and get it turned into an awesome, you know, big budget action movie with Nick Cage and John Travolta. Like, Thumbs up. Nicely done. Nicely done. I don't know. I mean, I thought the writing was okay. Like, don't know. Yeah, it's it's bananas. It's completely unhinged. It, but... I, I mean, it's it's definitely silly. And like to your question, Sean, you, you know, if I would have like found out that this was based on some like a, some obscure 90s like image comics title. I, that would have yeah. made total and perfect sense, you know, kind of what from I the, the twin gold guns to the, you mm-hmm. know, weird 
magnet jail. Like, there's a lot of very comic booky sort of things going on in this movie. But I've definitely seen that magnet jail before. I love the magnet jail. My favorite part of the magnet jail, by Can the way, we talk about the magnet is, jail. Uh, just, I just want to talk about the oh Norm Gunderson of it all. <laughs> Sorry, what? I just. Captain Mean Norm Gunderson, head prison guard. It was a very jarring experience. Fargo's a very important movie to me, and it was it was weird seeing that actor in that role. Old son of a Gunderson. <laughs> and and the guy, what's his name? Lazaro. He is uh he's in he's in Fargo too. Yeah, Harv Presnell. Yeah. It's a reunion for them, although their characters share no screen time. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of Fargo in this one. Well, anyway, let's talk about Magna Jail. Yeah, let's talk about Magna Jail. It's on an oil rig. It's outside of the jurisdiction of the Geneva Convention, which stop me if I'm wrong, but I kind of thought that the jurisdiction of the Geneva Convention was just the entire planet of Earth. Like, am I am I wrong? Um, Yes, unless it's a secret Magna Jail. On an oil rig in the middle of the ocean. And there's a lot of people there. Uh-huh. Yeah, there's a lot of, like, super terrorists, I guess. Uh, super terrorists that all know each other and have, like, each other's wives' cell phone numbers on, <laughs> you know, like, it's it's a com- global community of super secret super terrorists. See, this is just a comic book movie. Like, I know it's not based on a comic book, but it's a comic book movie. Yeah, if it was the Justice League, that prison would be in space. If you work in the same field for a long enough period of time, man, you just you get to know everybody. I do want to talk about the Magnet Jail, but before we do that, I think we should talk a little bit about uh, the actual face swapping, because it is sort of central to the movie. It's the name of the movie. That's true, and it's an extremely realistic surgery. Yeah? Yeah, this, movie, thought- is, this movie is hard sci-fi. You know, it's all based in fact. I've, I myself have had three face swap operations just this year. Oh, wow. <laughs> Even during quarantine. Wow. Yeah, yeah, just for funsies. It's so. just the same face, though, each time. So that wasn't an elected surgery. Yeah. So. Yeah, it was okay. elective. Yeah, I have unbelievable health insurance. Just kidding. I, I, I don't have insurance. Hmm. <laughs> okay. Well, the, so what was what is the list of things they do to him? It's Right. They add... A face shield to go underneath the face, so it's got the same bone structure. Right. They, re- they remove his scare, or they they shave his head hair back a little bit. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, um, I'm sorry. Yeah, they laser hair plugs hair. for ch- hair, chest hair and yeah. back hair. Yep. And they get rid of the tummy tuck, or they do a tummy tuck. I I don't. Yeah. And and then. Oh, and then they remove the scar. Yes, they remove the scar. <laughs> they do the voice box thing. I mean, oh, I forgot the voice. It's, it's complete like it's like science salad, just gobbledygook. Like it, it. I mean, he's more robot after that. Yeah, you know, like it's like <laughs> he's more man than machine, or no, the other way around. But it's weird because they, it's like they go out of their way to cover a lot of how the procedure is going to work. Like they answer all the questions the audience might have. But it's still total nonsense. It's completely absurd. Yeah, just give it to me straight, Doc. Give give me that good new face. I don't need to get bogged down in the details. Just let me suspend my disbelief. Which is why I, I don't understand they they don't just set it in the future just a little bit. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it doesn't have I to think... be 2020. It, it could be, you know. Yeah. To, to, <laughs> uh, to, 2000. 
eight. <laughs> yeah, when did this come out? Ninety-seven. So yeah, like yeah, just keep, make it ten years or something. Yeah, I'm, I'm I'm trying to remember. I actually did read either in the original spec script it was set a little in the future, and John wanted it in present day, or or vice versa. Like he, hmm. John wanted it a little in the future, and the writers were adamant that it was set in the present day. I can't remember. But guys, guys, he gets a haircut during a surgery. <laughs> <laughs> like they're just in there with trimming scissors during a surgery well, where his face is peeled off of him like I a didn't grape. Even think about that. It, I didn't even think I, about that. I was shrieking inwardly, but right. shrieking. I, I mean, yeah, yeah, just loose hair all over his exposed like face flesh. We, uh. Loose hair everywhere. Every, every time I get a haircut, I'm itchy for like a week. No matter how many times I shower, there's always, you know, random hairs that find their way, you know, into mm-hmm. my shirt. Um, I, you, you need to wash this shirt before too. we get to the. Okay, okay, Sean, <laughs> Sean, okay. Before we get to the actual procedure, though, I do want to point out the line that I think is what uh, spurred Travolta to actually go through with the procedure, which is when he's interrogating Gina Gershon's brother. And he goes, hey, Archer, how's your dead son? <laughs> Which makes him pull out his pistol and put it it's in his eyeball. fucking brutal. <laughs> yeah, just real quality police work from Sean Archer there. Well, he, he does get he does get some information out of. Uh, out of the d- date. It's the date. The date. Yes. Oh, yeah. Who's he get that from? He, he, uh, the bald guy. Yeah, I forget yeah his name. I, Gina Gershon's uh, brother. D- Dietrich Hassler. Mm, Dietrich Hassler? Wow, he looked like a Hassler. He looked like a, D- <laughs> he looked like a Dietrich. Oof, total yeah. Dietrich. Yeah, I think John Travolta was doing more of the hassling in that exchange. I also got hung up on a part where in, uh, CCH Pounder, who I also want to talk a lot about, uh, he asks, or she asks Travolta to do the job and like kind of gives him the brief overview. And he says, you're asking me to break the law. And I kind of got hung up on that for a while, because is he breaking the law? Um, I mean, he's impersonating another person. I don't know if that's illegal when they're in jail or in a coma or technically dead. I mean... (laughs) But you can go... You could do an undercover thing. That's not illegal. No. That's weird. The only thing I can think of is if, like, the evidence that he gathered would be, like, under a like a false confession or something, but they're not even like gathering evidence for a court case. Really. They're just trying to stop Mm-mm. the mom. So like, that's, you yeah. know, huh. yeah. I, I, don't know. I just assumed that. Yeah. Like, cause she makes it say, she says it's a black bag operation. Nobody can know about mm. this. Your, 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 your FBI chief or whatever they, they call that guy. And then, um, your wife cannot know. And so I'm supposed to lie. Um, I'm not good at a, um, <laughs> That was a little too much grease, but that was no. it was better than I could do. Man. <laughs> See, he's trying to like, I guess. Well, I mean, it doesn't take much convincing, really, like to like, hey, that guy you killed your son and you absolutely hate. Uh, put his face on. Just, yeah. yeah. Put his face on. Zip it up. Put it on. And they couldn't like at no point were they was there any other option. They had to go with this guy. It couldn't be any other federal agent that's because you breathe yeah 
I, I mean, <laughs> John Travolta should never have been working this case. I mean, it, what he's he's no, been on it for five years, and it's too just close. yeah. Come on, this is the FBI. This isn't like you know some rinky dink like two police car small town operation where they yeah. have no choice. Like there's like hundreds of federal agents that could be working on this instead of him, and should have been, especially since. Um, Right after, you know, the, the opening scene where his son gets murdered, <laughs> he's he's putting a gun in his holster. But it is the slowest part of, of putting that gun away. You think he's about to put it to his temple. <laughs> it's like short movie. Well, there is so much slow motion in this movie. Like it, if you played the fight scenes in this movie in real time, they would be like eight seconds long. Ah, oh, yes, Jeff, you were very smart with your comparison to The Matrix. That's true. <laughs> I thought that was good point. I felt that was implicit. Okay. <laughs> I, I did like CCH Pounder, though. That's the woman who did the. Uh, I don't know who she is. She's like a vague superior yeah, yeah. officer person, which is like always what she is. She's always like some kind of law enforcement who's vaguely in charge. Yeah, I mean, it doesn't take a lot to pull the wool over my eyes. I am not clear at all on the real-life chain of command when it comes to, like, the FBI and the but CIA and the Pentagon and how they all interact with each other. It's uh, just... Not you know. important to the story. Not true. at all. That's true. <laughs> not at all. It's just... It's the window dressing. It's just setting the scene so you can kind of believe that these guys have each other's faces. Yeah, and well, apparently the hierarchy is like normal FBI agent, Sean Archer, with the guy from Fargo, and then the president. Mm -hmm. Yep. Does he talk about the president in this movie? I don't remember that. <laughs> after he stops the bomb attack, after uh, Troy as Archer stops the bomb attack, there's a scene when uh, like some other agent is like, your your wife is on the phone. Also, so is the president. And he makes a big deal of being like, uh, tell the president to hold. I, uh, yeah, okay. I do remember that now. <laughs> Speaking of uh, Troy as Archer disarming the bomb, he does not leave himself a lot of wiggle room. <laughs> no. Like, I, I get that he's supposed to be this, like, sociopathic uh, terrorist, but, like, oh, man, not a strong self-preservation instinct. Well, you can tell he's, like, a sociopath because he does that thing that all the sociopaths do in movies where they like like classical music or they like dance and they're eccentric you know what i mean mm -hmm. head, do do head banging to uh like some sort of hem <laughs> yeah i don't remember the song yeah he's extremely <laughs> eccentric I, I don't trust anyone I, that likes it, chicklets it, it's when he gets first uh <laughs> arrested they're in the hangar and he has the uh they, they're at the standoff and he's like haha well, I guess we both only have one bullet. And then Caster Troy tries to shoot, and it turns out he's out of bullets, which, yeah, uh-oh. And then he immediately just, like, puts his head in front of the gun and is like, oh, please don't kill me. I'm so sorry. And it's like, oh, okay, is this, like, it's all a game to him. It does not matter, like, what happens other than he likes his brother. I guess that's the one redeeming Quality? I don't know if that's even the quality. It's just it's it's a thing that makes him seem human. Yeah, I mean, I guess. Yeah, <laughs> everything else is banana pants. It seems like. Well, I mean, yeah, because like Gina Gershon and his son and all that. He doesn't really seem to give a shit about that. Actually, do they even interact in this movie? I don't think he knows about her. 
Yeah, I'm pretty sure from her speech, it makes it sound like she's she's telling him for the first time mm-hmm. that it's his son. It, that is true, because... Even though, in, you know, it's not him, or actually him, or whatever. In the but. interrogation room, right before, like, they get the date out of that guy, it's the bro- those two are brother and sister, and uh, she, she says, I haven't seen him in years. Hence, the caster Troy knows nothing about his son, as well as... Um, you know, so when they do meet again, it's not even Caster Troy. So, but I mean, you know, I mean, after that though, do they meet later? Oh, they do. They meet at the shootout at the church at the very end, and he's like a dick to her. So, I think you're right, Sean. I think the only person he really cares about is his brother. Yeah, which what is going on with his brother? What is that supposed to be? Uh, some like vaguely uh, autism spectrum kind yeah. of disorder, yeah. I think. Mm-hmm. I mean, I guess I shouldn't be surprised that a movie that came out in 1997 has a poor understanding of autism <laughs> spectrum. Not as bad as the you Predator. I, I I just I I was just having a hard time wrapping my head around it. Is like is is there like is he's you know not neurotypical in some way is that supposed to be the thing or is he just like a weirdo i mean no i think he's supposed to be something sometimes you're gifted uh in different ways you know sometimes you can't tie your shoe but you can um design a chemical bomb that can flatten a city block in a square mile or whatever (laughs) yeah he's supposed to be he's supposed to be like a savant i think sure yeah yeah, but if I, Savant I, was only, you know, terrorism. Yeah, that's a that's a bummer of a talent. I just want to throw this out there that when we were watching this movie, uh, when Caster Troy ties his shoe for him later after he's been killed in the shootout, Sean just leans yeah. over to me and goes, See, Jojo Rabbit, not original. <laughs> so I haven't seen it. Oh, what? Okay. Well, yeah, I know. Sorry. Uh, spoiler alert. Somebody ties a shoe. Yeah, <laughs> I guess. So, sorry, I just ruined Jojo Rabbit oh, for you. Also, Nazis. <laughs> I might as well not even watch it now. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> but yeah, so the, yeah, that oh, conversation man. they have about when, when Gina Gershon tells uh, Archer as Troy that the, the kid is his, they have that long conversation about how she's raised him by herself and nobody knows who his father is and he's just right there like the kid is in her lap while she's having this conversation yeah nobody treats this kid like he's an actual person in basically the whole movie well yeah i mean he's really not yeah he's kind of a prop in that scene and then he's just like a football they throw around during the shootout (laughs) yeah pretty much and then at the end he's like a souvenir yeah. <laughs> well, it's more of a prize. Like you killed you not only killed the guy that killed your son, but you stole his. Yeah. You dispatch the terrorists and you get to claim his son as your own. That's that's nice. Sends a sends a positive message, I think. Uh, uh, that is that is a bad message. It is horribly irresponsible. It's for anybody to let him have that kid. It's unbelievable. Also, wouldn't that kid just think that's the guy that killed his dad? Yeah, because he is. Oh, <laughs> he was there for all of it. Yeah. Oh, fuck. <laughs> oh my god. He's he got to see the guy who is his new dad, I guess, in a, a massive violent shootout with his old dad. And then they go on a boat chase, and only one comes back. Yeah. 
Oh, boy. That kid is going to have... <laughs> of all the people in this movie that are going to have severe psychological issues after this... He, yeah, real Dexter syndrome, man. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that is going to be a rough one for sure. Yeah. I don't know. Also, Joan Allen definitely needs some counseling as well. Oh, yeah. You slept with the guy that you thought was your husband? Yeah. Yeah, and <laughs> and is your your child's murderer like yeah do you think he ever told her about that like he, he was just like oh wait no wait she did find out that like the faces were different at the end so it's yeah she does know that she slept with caster oh yeah she knows she tests the blood right yeah, uh, yeah. oh and he's there at the blood lab <laughs> totally forgot all about he's, blood testing he's there at the blood lab <laughs> he, well it's okay they address it because he says i thought you might come here yeah well <laughs> Also, right. Also, there's that throwaway line when uh, they're doing the like talking him in through the face swap. Yeah, uh, you're gonna look exactly the same, or exactly like him. You won't have the blood match, but <laughs> yeah. But don't worry, your nobody's blood, your gonna blood type look will that still close. It's a real Chekhov's <laughs> blood group. Yeah, okay. sure. Yeah, mm-hmm. the, man, the concept of Chekhov's gun has really like ruined <laughs> storytelling for me. Like the you know. Uh, once you know about it, it's just like anytime you see something out of place, you're just like, oh, well, that's coming back. Yep. Uh, one thing I thought was weird about the family thing. Well, there's about a thousand things I thought were weird about the family thing, but I thought it was weird that his wife and daughter don't assume he's had a complete like mental breakdown. Like he's in a fugue state when he comes home and he's he's actually Troy and he's acting completely differently. Well, he's got a brand new bag. I mean. Well, yeah, yeah. they're just like, I guess dad is a cool pervert now. (laughs) Yeah, that was some. Mm. Mm -mm. I mean, he did. uh, Caster Troy did some good uh, parenting where he told the daughter if she's ever in a a shady situation again Mm -hmm. to use a butterfly knife. Yeah, here's this, here's this cool here's this cool butterfly knife, <laughs> and here's a way to kill them. Make sure they yeah, die. Yep. <laughs> Twist the blade. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, look. At least he does tell her how to kill someone with it. Because if you're in a knife fight and you're not using the knife to kill them, it can really only end poorly. Like knife fights just never really go well for any of the parties involved. Yeah, you heard it here first, folks. I also. Quick, want to point out, um, Sean, you were uh, you were earlier gonna do like a John Travolta impression, but the thing is, the John Travolta impression is gonna be impersonating John Travolta in this movie is way different from just a normal John Travolta impression. And I got the idea that the reason for that is that John Travolta had to kind of like hype up his own mannerisms in order to like put a an energy out there that Nick Cage could match. Like, did you guys get that feeling at all? Like he was just like acted a little extra weird because he's like, well, shit, Nick is going to have to pretend to be me later. And I just don't think he's got the acting chops. I honestly, I am crazy about John Travolta in this movie. I, I halfway through, I paused it and went to his IMDB page. Cause I was like, should we just be doing him instead? Is John Travolta secretly good? Yes, he is. A, he's a good actor. I, I mean, I also like his impression of Nicolas Cage when he's supposed to be Troy as, you know, Travolta. 
whenever he's like doing Nick Cage, I'm like, is that how he thinks Nick Cage acts? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, obvious. I mean, no, Travolta is excellent in this movie. All, all, all joking aside, I, I, I have nothing against John Travolta. He's he's not secretly good. He's good. He's he's a fine actor and he's 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 quite good in this movie. Like, yeah, I think he was a great choice to play opposite Nick Cage because they both have that weird eccentric actory kind of energy. You know, like they could never be they could never be anything except for actors. They're those kind of people. The, you couldn't have John Travolta and Nick Cage like managing a gas station. Oh, what a gas station. If they did, it'd go a little something like. No. Yeah. <laughs> nope. Nope. Uh-uh. All right. Uh, we'll go to the audience. We're going to need two occupations and a food. That was an improv joke. Yeah. yeah. So uh, <laughs> I guess in order to get those submissions to us, you can go ahead and tweet at uh, WAC podcast and we'll, I don't know, start recording in a couple weeks or something. Yeah. We'll put it in the next episode. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Not this one. The next one. And if it's not that one, yes, try the next one. Yeah, maybe the one after that. And there's going to be a delay. Oh, of course. What was your guys' favorite part of this movie? What was your favorite scene? <sighs> now, did the movie peak too early when he's Nicolas Cage is dressed as a priest and grabbing choir girls' butts? And then I think coming... It's the freeze frame. It's really the freeze frame at the end of that where he looks up and kind of go does a wild face and then it just pauses on that first just a second and it just seems jarring i when he did that and it did the fast zoom on his like o face i had to ask myself is he coming right now <laughs> <laughs> i think we all know the answer to that he loves grabbing tush yeah in this he definitely movie. does there is not a tush in this movie he doesn't grab yeah yet again another case of like uh, I guess Sean Archer is just going to casually start sexually harassing his coworkers now. And they're just like, eh, that's fine. I mean, it's like he's acting like a completely <laughs> different person. But, you know, we just won't question it. It's not like we're super detectives or anything. <laughs> yeah. Ah, uh, shit, man. So that's your favorite scene, Sean? It, it's it's <laughs> up there. There. <laughs> <laughs> it's just I know I just wanted to make you own it's that. It's just so wild. It's it's like 5 seconds of just what? This is I, this is where we're going. This is how it's starting. Okay. Okay. I'm in it. I'm in it to win it, baby. I mean, if we're just going for like you know, best Nick Cage Nick Cage moments, it's I mean, it's certainly up there like if those are the uh qualifications you're going based off of. It's it's a front runner for sure. Yeah. I would say so. I think mine was probably when he's in the prison and he's beating on the guy and he's like <laughs> laughing. He's he's alternating between laughter and like hysterical crying while he's beating the shit out of this guy. I, I love that. That was great. <laughs> yeah, I, I I just love Magnet Jail in general. Um, but as much as I love Magnet Jail, my favorite part, you guys, am I going to have to go to prison if I say that it was the part where John Travolta hits on his own daughter? Oh, God. Because, OK, hear me out. It wasn't my favorite part. Like, I was like, oh, oh man, yeah, yeah, yeah. this is so cool. Shh, Jesus Christ, Sean, I swear I will fucking throw you <laughs> off a bridge. It, absolutely not that. And yeah. I didn't think it was just like. It was the part of the movie that just absolutely made the bottom of my stomach drop out. And I had the 
by far the strongest emotional response to that scene. I like thought I was going to have to stand up and leave the room <laughs> and start smoking cigarettes again and, you know, have some vodka or something because it was very rough. It's, yeah, it's one of those scenes that right when it starts, you're like, oh, no, I don't want to watch this. You're going to make me sit through this. This is about to happen to me. Fuck. All right. Yeah, I mean, you know what's coming and it, it doesn't even matter. Like Travolta as uh, Troy is just so unbelievably icky in that scene. Yes, it's he's so creepy, which was I mean, you know, which is good. Like, it's how he's supposed to be, but it doesn't make it any easier to watch. Well, it sure does not. I had something to say is that. <laughs> well, it's it's completely off topic. It is the um, it's what we're please, here for, but yeah. please it's, get, it's get us Margaret, off of this. Topic, Margaret Cho is in this movie. And Margaret Cho is in this movie. That's she true. Is fantastic, but has nothing to do in this movie. She just like says, oh, hey, Sean. And it's, that's it. Like, it's just it's like she's just a set dressing. She's in the FBI like uh, office building in a couple scenes. But. No funny jokes, no nothing. You could have really had her punch up some real good comedy up in there. Give her just a five-minute tight stand-up set. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Would that have been too hard? Yeah, like right in the middle. <laughs> right in the middle? Not not during the credits. No, it's like, well, ca- okay. Well, eh, yeah. I like either. Yeah, okay, sure. Yeah, the credits is just a, uh, yeah, Margaret Cho, like, doing stand-up. Okay. I would I would accept it completely. It is weird that it's like in a movie that has a lot of genuinely funny moments, they conscript someone who is mostly known for their stand up work and have them in pretty much just a not funny at all bit part. Yeah, that part should. I mean, it definitely should have just been like some, you know, character actor. Uh, And then you would not even notice that that character existed. You'd be like, who? But because it's Margaret Cho, you're like, that's fucking Margaret Cho. And it gets your attention. And it's weird that she didn't make me laugh. Yeah. Not even a little bit. Not even a little bit. Or like uh, Gavin Belson is in this movie. That's, mm-hmm. not, his real, that's not his real name. <laughs> he, he gets his, yeah, uh, well, <laughs> he gets his ear blown off. And <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> when he's explaining the science to the uh, to Sean, he's like, OK, uh, this is a, a patient you might recognize. And it's like, oh, is that dude I work with? OK, hi. And then. He's a, he's getting a laser ear. Like yeah. his ear is being in a petri just that's just getting lasers to like mold it into I don't know flesh. I, I guess I'm not sure the science there, but uh, I don't think they are either, Sean. <laughs> like <laughs> yeah, I noticed that when they said we had to build him a new ear, and it cuts to lasers <laughs> zipping back and forth over like a. a prosthetic ear i guess i think it was just like making you know like that that the, the clear goo is just like what stem cells and then they just laser in ear science it is pretty wild to think about how different 2020 would be if in 1997 nicholas cage hadn't executed the doctor who was clearly like a one-of-a-kind mind like t- you know top of his generation mm, they do like that guy gets burned to death and then they do reverse the surgery so Clearly, he had notes. Yeah, but I mean, that's them building off of pre-existing work. I mean, who knows what that guy would have gone on to do? Yeah, we... I mean, 2020, where's our flying cars? Where's our, like, you know, cool Blade Runner, like, police force and robots? Lots of robots. Where's my magnet jail? Where's my 
face swapping. Where's my face swapping? Yeah, where is my face swapping? Where's my scar relocation? Why do we still have toilet paper and not three seashells? <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, Gavin Belson is in this movie. He gets his ear blown off, and then another scene, he has a grenade launcher, and then he gets shot in the head. All right. That's a wrap yeah, that's on Gavin. Hooli. That's right, because when... Yeah, because <laughs> when he... I remember when he takes that bullet, I was just like, ooh, okay. Yeah, what is it? He he like he shoots Nick Cage's brother in the head or something, and then he's like, "What are you so sad about?" or whatever. It's like, well, I mean, there's still a lot of loss of human life. Like a bunch of FBI agents got killed too. Uh, I think it's pretty reasonable for John Travolta to be upset in that. Yeah, you're right. He's kind of a dick in that scene. <laughs> What are you fucking what are you fucking sad about? Why are you rubbing your gun all over your face? Yeah, 20 people just died. What are you going to do? Cry about it, you little bitch? Did you see this grenade launcher? Check it out. (laughs) I think after that, that's that's when after the big shootout at uh, the Gershon compound, that's when Archer goes home and tries to explain to his wife what's going on in the worst imaginable way. Yeah, boy. Although. Opening up the floor to suggestions. I mean, what would you guys have done? I well, I'll tell you what I wouldn't do. Grab her a bunch, which is what he does in that scene. <laughs> in both scenes, in both scenes, when he explains it there and then later at the blood lab in both of them, he keeps like walking towards her the whole time. And whenever he gets close enough, he grabs her shoulders. And I was like, dude, sit down. That is horrifying. Go to the other side of the room and sit down. <laughs> I do like that only in their second meeting does he, like, remember the tried and true tactic. And, you know, this trope, it always ends with them just being like, oh, here's some extremely detailed memories of our first date. But, like, the first go around, you know, that idea just doesn't occur to him at all. He's just like, just test his blood. Just suck out your husband's blood and (laughs) test it. Just calm down. (laughs) I mean, she does it, so it's like, clearly she like believed him a little bit you know i mean or yeah. at least it sowed some seeds of doubt yeah yeah i just i don't know i feel like there has to be a better way of like you're just like hey here's some personal information yeah, like, that i know because you're my wife and yeah you could say anything nick cage isn't your husband but if you got like an email that said hey test your husband's mm-hmm. blood he might not be your husband you would just, like, put that into the spam folder, right? Yeah, well, <laughs> okay, email might not be the yeah. way to go. There's got to be some middle yeah. ground. Phone call? No. Uh, nope, nobody would answer. Yeah, that's not it. Hold on, we'll crack this. <sighs> Maybe he did have the best idea. I mean, what if it was, like, just in his Instagram story? Yeah. Oh, wait, <laughs> then that means she would have to follow Caster Troy's Instagram that wouldn't work. <laughs> okay, he just needs to start following a lot of the people that she follows on Instagram oh. so that he shows up in her suggested follows. Ugh, gross. So what was going on with Gina Gershon and her brother? Uh, they, just... they hump, right? They humped? Is that, a, is that what we're supposed to uh, infer from that? I don't know. I mean, they fully make out like Luke yeah. and Leia make out, except in yeah. this film... They know that they're brother and sister. Yeah, they're like into it. Yeah, they know it. Oh, they know but, it. 
I think it was more of a, he was just like, here's a, no time to just give you a, like a loving hug and like maybe a kiss on the cheek like a normal person. I just full on mouth. You will never forget your brother after that. And then, <laughs> I boom. mean, that's true. You'll never <laughs> I, forget I, him. Like, I mean, it, it was yeah. the first time yeah. around. I didn't realize they were brother and sister when that happened. And then now I'm thinking about it. Oh, no. <laughs> Yeah, it the when when we were watching it, um it the moment that he kisses her, I was just like, Oh, I thought huh. Oh, yeah. I thought they were brother and sister, but huh, I guess, you know, I'm just not paying that close of attention. Silly Jeff. Nope. And then rereading the plot summary on Wikipedia later, I was like, Oh, extremely gross. Yeah, well I, I had the same thought. I was like, Okay, so they're brother and sister. Got it. And then they do that and I was like, Oh, well then they're not brother and sister. And then later she's talking about her brother, and I'm like, who? You mean the one I, I kissed her? Okay, gotcha. Yep. Oh, icky. Gross. Gross, They're just gross, a close gross. family. I don't know what is the deal here. They're just a very close family. Nope. Nope. Don't like that joke. I feel like I've seen this trope done in a few different, <laughs> like, in a few different stories where it's it's the the evil people who are brother and sister, and they're like maybe incestuous as a way to show, like, look how evil these people are. You know what I mean? Wow. Anything to talk about Game of Thrones with you. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that was not the only thing I was referencing, but it was the main thing I was referencing, and it was where I was going. Just taking a look at my notes, there are a lot of all-caps sentences in here. All right. <laughs> Let them rip. Yeah, hit me with some highlights. I mean, they're pretty much all, well, right here on its own paragraph, stop putting your hands on people's faces. Oh, yeah. Wait, was that a line in the movie, or is that just a note you've made for yourself? No, I was just getting really frustrated at that point that they were touching so okay. many people's faces. So, so that was a, we watched a little bonus feature on the DVD. Yeah. It was a couple little like, tidbits of, like, I mean, they were, they were very short interviews, like, as if maybe they were recording each question individually mm -hmm. but <laughs> Nicolas Cage uh, said that yeah the, uh, they wanted to really make a couple connections and he said there's like five or six of them and I was like I think there's like three and that's face touching where he just does that little swipe across the face yep as well as the shoe tying or the, the you he likes to sh uh, tie his brother's shoe right that can tell you which one's which. And then, oh, the the other one, I had it. I'm blanking on it right now. Um, uh, Department of Energy. <laughs> um, yeah. <laughs> I, I really can't remember it. It was something to do with, like, a gun. Fuck. <laughs> Oh, but yeah, they, they wanted to make those on. connections and then the rest was just them playing each other. Like, just like you act like Nick Cage. I'll act like, uh, you know, <laughs> Nick Cage. I'm sorry, man. I am still reeling from that fucking I have whiplash from that Rick Perry joke. <laughs> Thank you. Oh, man. Damn. It's fucking 2020. It's 2020. I'm making a political joke from fucking four years ago. Uh, Man, shit. Fucking eight years ago, buddy. 
what? <laughs> and just going to double moly. check and make sure I'm right on that. I'm pretty sure it's four. I don't know. Five. No, it'd be five years ago now. Because it was like, whatever. Not the podcast. See, this is no fair. Josh, you're the one that's going to be editing these. So you get to just take a flyer on things like that. You know, you're just like, not four years, eight years ago, stupid. And then you're like, well, if I'm wrong, I can just uh, chop and screw the episode. I mean, that's what I'm going to do. It's just going to be individual words. <laughs> uh, we're both wrong. It's 2011. Holy fuck, man. Time. 2011. Time is really something. Do you guys think huh. that Nick Cage and John Travolta ever got mad at each other in this movie? Like, during when they were making it? Like, fuck you, man. I don't sound like that. Um... <laughs> Yeah, there's okay. I re, uh, I'm trying to remember all of the trivia that I read about this movie. There's definitely like in the scene where Archer is taking off the bandages to like see himself as as Caster Troy for the first time. He makes some comment about like his nose or something, and Nick Cage like went to the screenwriters later and was like, "Hey, hey, you guys." think I got a weird nose and they were like what <laughs> no it's just like it's different than it was what really or maybe it wasn't Nick Cage maybe it was John Travolta I don't know I shouldn't I shouldn't disparage our our well, guiding light so like that. yeah we watched a, it was another interview though it was the TNT like <laughs> behind the blockbusters and they Love were doing does. like a little panel thing and it's I mean not, I mean, the way Nick Cage holds a microphone for two people is uh, just wild on its own right. Oh, yeah. But uh, yes. they definitely seemed like they were um, just acting like they liked each other. Yeah. <laughs> it did not seem like a genuine thing. Hey, you do get that impression. <laughs> yeah, I could see that. I mean, they're both like the kind of person that has that huge sort of annoying personality where like you don't really like to be around them because they're like they're always at a 10. You know what I mean? Maybe I just I mean, I would love to meet either of them <laughs> someday, someday, someday. I, I, I'm telling you, you know, if uh, us doing this doesn't end in us writing and directing a movie for Nicolas Cage, I'm going to be extremely disappointed. Mm. I mean, at least it's like, important to set goals. It's important to yeah, set goals. Yeah, but my goal was like so much lower than that. It was going to be like maybe if Nick Cage was at like a. A, a comic-con and he was like signing autographs or some shit <laughs> like, I, might, I might be able to say hey could you could you sign my copy of face off actually it'd be moonstruck what am i talking about <laughs> yeah don't, don't don't lie to us here sean um yeah yeah we all... i like that jeff uh envisions us meeting him during like a full film production cycle yeah, well, look, either that or I would settle for him punching me in the face at some sort of Comic-Con because he's listened to the podcast and doesn't enjoy what we have to say about him. I don't think we said anything really mean about him. I thought he was pretty Not good yet. in this movie. Not yet, Josh. He just said he had an annoying personality. <laughs> okay, that's true. I did say that. That's, that's right. episode that is one. something I did say. Yeah, there's a, there's a lot of movies left to watch. And Josh... A lot of them are a lot worse than this one. <laughs> a lot of his movies are a lot worse than this one, so... All right, well, I'm looking forward to it, man. I might, I might have some things to say at some point. 
is there uh, is there anything else you guys want to talk about before we move uh, on to recasting? Well, on the subject of recasting, do you guys know uh, there there were a couple of different uh, pairs originally considered for this movie, but the one that okay. stuck out to me was uh, Michael Douglas and Harrison Ford. Huh. I mean, if, if 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 Harrison Ford actually like, you know, put the effort in, I think it would be a great movie. Wow. What I'm just saying, there is wow. There is sometimes where he just phones it. <laughs> I mean, yeah. This dog's gonna look normal, right? <laughs> what? Harrison Ford did a movie with a cartoon dog. Oh, I didn't know that. What is that? Is it Call of the Wild? Oh yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> It's going to be a normal dog, right? Nah, it'll be totally It's going to look great. Dog. It's going to look great. It's going to look great. You're not going to be able to tell. Yep. Just look, just look at the tennis ball, Harrison. Yeah, he didn't want to do any more Star Wars, but he wanted to do that movie? Okay. So who would have been who? That's what I want to know. Uh, it does not say that here. Uh, originally, the, the script was passed along to Michael Douglas. He was the first one they wanted, and then they were going to get Ford to match him. Mm-hmm. Um. But it does not say which role they were being considered for. I feel it's tough because I feel like Michael Douglas is of those two. I think he'd be the one who could pull off like that range. So I think he would have to be the Travolta character Mm -hmm. because he would be Sean. Totally. Yeah, totally. But then at the same time, could you picture Harrison Ford playing the Nick Cage part in this? Have you ever seen Harrison Ford uh, play a bad guy? No, I don't. I don't think I ever have. Damn, I want to see I'm that thinking. so bad. I was bad just like, now. yeah, I, I, that's why I was thinking. It was like uh, maybe that's why he's like said no. Oh man, it's not too late, Mister Ford. If you're listening, please play a villain. Play a villain. Yeah, dude. Yeah, he would be such a great villain. I love when you see people who are normally leading men, or just like leading actors, and they get one role as like a villain somewhere like Tom Cruise in that movie where he's a hitman uh, collateral. He's awesome in that movie. I think Harrison Ford would be a great villain in a movie. Holy oh, shit. That'd be so good. Man, that would be cool. I mean, I just don't know what I would expect because it's like I've never right. seen it. Let's see. Is Harrison Ford on Twitter? No, I'm going to go oh, ahead no. and answer that question for you right now, Jeff. No, he's not. Yeah. He can't be. Oh, dear. You're about to tell me that he is. Uh, I don't see a little the, blue dot. The bio, yeah, yeah, there's no it's check not, it's mark. Nothing, the it's bio. Nothing. This account is join the Harrison Ford fan club. Nope. We will. I want to talk to the man directly. Yeah. Uh, I'm seeing a lot of gifts of him as Han Solo. Okay, that's we'll set aside this project for later. So before we finish up, do you guys want to do the recasting? Do you guys want to maybe offer your suggestions for who would play Nicolas Cage in this movie? Or I guess in this movie, who would play Nick and uh, John? Ooh, a double whammy. That complicates things. Mm-hmm. I already have my answers. Okay, you start. Okay. Uh, Yeah, you tell us, and I'm going to not pay attention because I'm thinking about my own answer. Yeah, that's okay. Just leave me out to dry. (laughs) Don't just tell me that you've cut my parachute. Or just just cut my parachute, but tell me that you've cut my parachute and then push me out of the plane. I'm just being honest. At least this way you know that you have to start praying. (laughs) I mean, I packed it myself. 
It's full of sandwiches. Here you go. <laughs> it would be... It would be... Uh, and this is good because it works in any... Pretty much any time over the last 30 or so years. Will Smith and Denzel Washington. Damn. Yeah. I, I would have fucking loved that. That movie sounds so good. And you know what? You can have either of them be either. I don't care. I think it works great either way. Oh, man. I think Denzel would be the, like, Caster Troy. I mean, honestly, I don't know if Will Smith would sign on to a movie where, like, he has to play an actual villain for any amount of time. Like, or, when he was or in has Suicide Squad, they added, father. like, a whole thing mm. of, like... Oh, well, I guess Deadshot is like a really good dad or whatever. Yeah, he's, <laughs> he's a, a killer for good hire. dad. Killer for hire, but yeah. man, does he love his daughter. <laughs> he couldn't just be a cold-blooded murderer yet. Yeah, I think that's kind of a thing, like like how Vin Diesel has it in his contract that he can't lose a fight. <laughs> yeah, that's why most of those end in ties. Ugh. Yeah, I think you're right. Will Smith probably wouldn't. He would have to be... Damn... No, you could just have to trick him the same way they tricked uh, Nick Cage into doing it. You'll be a good guy, too. New answer. Denzel Washington and Chris Tucker. I do want to see that. I want to see that very badly. Mostly because I want to see Denzel Washington wow. pretend to be Chris Tucker for like an oh, hour. Oh, gosh. Okay, um, if I must, I must. Uh, Jack Black and... <laughs> Well, I was go ahead, go ahead, Sean, and name another celebrity with the same body type as Jack Black. It doesn't have to be the same body type. Yes, they it can... does. Yes, it does. They're only trading faces. They do a little. They do the liposuction. And also, he's looking. They good do now. little tweaks, but yeah, they could do little tweaks. I mean, <sighs> oof. But anyways, uh, yeah, I was gonna say uh, Jack Black and uh, Kurt Russell. <laughs> I like it. I mean, if they're the same height, I guess. I feel like they yeah. probably are. <laughs> yeah, as long as they're the same height, then it works. Kurt, Kurt Russell would have to be Sean Archer because I want to see him doing all the Jack Black high kicks and stuff when he becomes Troy in the middle of the movie. <laughs> yeah. uh, I didn't that specify which one was which, so... Just enjoy it in your mind. <laughs> I'm I'm okay with either, man. You brought up though the the body stuff they do, the modification, whatever. When they t- when they when he asks them to move his scar because they have to take his scar off or whatever, what do they do with it? <laughs> they just put it in a petri dish or something. <laughs> it's, just that... a dr- it's just a third drawer on the left. It just psh, there's like it's a just... couple loose batteries. <laughs> Uh, Sean Archer's scar, some Tic Tacs. It's in like an, it's in like an empty margarine container, <laughs> mostly empty, just in the fridge. But it's, it's like, beautiful. yeah, there's a saline. It's suspended in a saline solution in a Hellman's jar that we we <laughs> rinsed it out real good though. <laughs> We're trying to go green. We washed it with soap and everything. Uh, okay. What about you, Jeff? What do you think? All right, my recast for this movie. I would like to see Anne Hathaway and Tina Fey. Ooh. I like that. Tina Fey as the Caster Troy character. Anne Hathaway starting off as the grieving mother. That would be good. So I just hate to fight back on that. It's just 
Oh, Sean's got opinions about Tina Fey. Oh, yeah, yeah let's hear him. <laughs> it, well, it was just going to bring up the movie Sisters, or, where um, Amy Poehler and uh, Tina Fey um, kind of do the, like, opposites. Like, so Tina Fey, well, I mean, she normally plays, you know, kind of a nerdy or kind of lady, but this time she plays, like, a, you know... Uh, tight wad you know like really down to like you know uh, (laughs) usually she plays a nerdy character but this time she plays a tight wad so (laughs) yes and then um amy poehler plays like a real party like lady like down to clown like fun fun times all the times and then it just didn't i didn't believe it i just i didn't see Mm. the i don't know well that's why she's gonna play the caster troy part because then she goes more serious and mellow halfway through the movie or like a third of the way into the movie right, and she right. becomes sean archer fuck it's so hard to talk about this movie yeah it really is i, I just like okay so i want to see at the beginning of the movie tina fey channeling the same energy that she does when she becomes like the joker homeless woman in that one episode of 30 rock you know what i'm talking about <laughs> yeah, yeah i want to yeah, see yeah, like yeah. her bring that kind of energy to the table no fucks given as like a caster troy and even uh amy puller could uh be uh her sister so there you go she's the margaret she's the margaret cho part (laughs) yes yes and then margaret cho is the brother of caster troy Oh, yeah. Okay. And Anne Hathaway's husband, who is completely oblivious to the fact that she's changed personalities. He's the president. Is... The old guy from Fargo. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Art Press now. We're digging him up. (laughs) Oh, God. Is he dead? (laughs) News to me. Are you Googling it right now? I am clicking on some links and... Yes, he is dead. He has been dead for 11 years. Wait, are we talking about Harp Presnell or are we talking about... Yeah. Yeah. Are we talking about John Carroll Lynch? John Carroll Lynch is still alive. Oh, thank God. (laughs) Son of a Gunderson is still with us. Well, so the end of this episode (laughs) is... next time. End of this episode has made me feel extremely sad. Uh, I'm going to go drink a bottle of wine in the shower. (laughs) I'm going to watch. <laughs> Thanks for listening, guys. We hope you enjoyed it. Bye. Bye. We'll see you next time. Thanks for listening. Don't worry. This will be short. If you enjoy the podcast and want updates, check us out on Twitter. We're at Atwack. That's A-T-W-A-C for All the World's a Cage. Also, review us on iTunes if you use that. Or recommend us to a friend. Well, ask if they like Nick Cage first, and then ask if they like podcasts, and then recommend us. Thanks again.